Hello and welcome to AEW Revolution Results and Reactions with us. Revolution. <laughs> Revolution was a mystery. Um, but yes, <laughs> Revolution took place. We're a little bit late with this, um, <laughs> yeah. our, with our take on it. Um, but it's taken a bit of a while to digest. No, we were just a, we were just a, we did it a day early last time. We did it on the Sunday, so yeah. we're just we've got over the shock it. of Revolution now. We're willing to talk about it. <laughs> Yes, we've got over the the uh, the, the the small shock oh, of I mean, revolution, guys. Obviously, we're well aware. Most people know the results by this point. Most people have either seen it or caught up on it in some way. We want to give our take. We're not going to like you know talk and talk and talk for ages. We're going to sort of run through the card, run through our thoughts, and and sort of give our rating and our opinion on it. Um, so you know, bear with us because it's good fun. And if you want to hear us bitch and moan about small things that don't really matter. You're in the right place. <laughs> yes, you are. So, kicking off with the card, on the buy-in, we had Rio uh, teaming up with Thunder Rosa to originally scheduled to take on Britt Baker and Reba. Oh, sorry, Rebel. Um, however, <laughs> Rebel could not compete, um, and therefore a suitable replacement was found in Maki Ito. So, Maki that Ito. was a bit of a swerve, um, and it was actually Britt Baker and Maki Ito who picked up the win. On the buy-in, so interesting, shocking way I'm to kick off the show. Super intrigued to see more of Mackie as well, too. Fair. Yeah, she's just batshit crazy. She's so she'll Indeed. fit right. Indeed. Um, and then in terms of the main cards, we kicked off the show with the AEW tag team titles on the line as the Young Bucks took on the team of Chris Jericho and MJF. With the Young Bucks retaining, picking up the win. We then had the tag team casino battle royale. Um, with too many tag teams to name. I think there was, like, I don't know, 15 um, to make for a nice even 30 people. Um, so that took place, and the winners of that, who were in a tag team title shot, was Death Triangle, the team of Pac and Ray Phoenix. So that was also a bit of a shock. We then had the AEW women's title on the line. The winner of the women's tournament, Ryo Mizunami, took on the champion, Hikaru Shida, with Shida retaining with the win. We then had Miro teaming up with Kip Sabian to take on the team of Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, with Miro and Kip Sabian picking up the win. We then had the face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, the winner had to grab the literal brass ring and that would entitle them to a tnt title match on the following week's dynamite and in that match we had cody taking on lance archer taking on max caster taking on penta taking on scorpio sky and the mystery participant making his debut was ethan page and the winner was scorpio sky and um, so he would get the tnt title shot um, against darby on the following dynamite we then had the revealing of the Hall of Fame level signing that Paul White had spoken about the previous week, and it was revealed to be Christian Cage. <laughs> I'm interested to find out how Anthony feels about this. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, we then had that was a, a visual cue for anyone who's listening. <laughs> it's definitely a visual. Um, we then had the much anticipated street fight with Sting making his return to action for the first time in God knows how long, teaming up with Darby Allen to take on the team of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, with Sting and Darby Allen picking up the win in that one. And then the main event of the evening for the AEW title in an exploding barbed wire death match, Kenny Omega defended his title against John Moxley, and Kenny Omega retained. And there was some 
serious talking points about that as well. Which oh, we'll yes, there was. So, in terms of the highlights of the show, firstly, the buy-in. I thought that was really good, you know. Um, big surprise with Maki Ito showing up. I'm curious to know how you feel about buy-ins in general. Mm. It's quite clearly the pre-show, you yeah. know. And yeah. normally, if it was WWE, I get pissed off with stuff that's really good that's on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And that this is the only issue I've got with it. It was definitely a highlight of a fantastic match. Makito was insane, but in a boss way. And um, it was a really good match between the four of them. And the only issue I've got with it is the fact that it was part of the buy-in. Because that so, feels like a pre-show thing. Obviously, we don't really watch these live as such. The only, one, only stuff we ever really tend to watch live is like Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, isn't it? But... Um, my understanding with these is that the buy-in is free to wear, so I envision this similar certainly, to. Yeah, if you watch it on UK TV, you can watch the buy-in. Mm. Um, I don't even know if it's still on ITV. You might still be able to watch it on ITV, but um, you can watch the buy-in and then you have to pay for the rest. So um, right, it's a, in that sense, it is a really good way of getting people enthralled because it was a really good match to make you go fuck. I want to watch the rest of this pay-per-view. Mm. Uh, so you could argue it's a deliberate effort, but it just. I don't know, because I'm that ingrained with the way WWE do things. I'm like, this is pre-show. This is just where they put <laughs> random shit that they don't yeah, use. Yeah, I think, um, like, to be honest, and I I could be wrong here, because maybe maybe it's free to watch the WWE pre-shows. I'm not really sure, to be fair, because I only ever watch it if I've got WWE Network anyway. But yeah, um, but for me, you know, it, it works quite well in UFC with the, the kind of the pre-show or, like, the buying in this case is to put something on if you're a bit on the fence about whether to buy it or you're a bit more casual and you go, actually, yeah, fuck it. I will spend the money and I'll, I'll buy it. I'll get this pay-per-view. So it's meant to be something so good that it will encourage people to go on and order the, the pay-per-view. So you get it with UFC a lot. They put like a, quite a, a decent headliner on the kind of, um, the undercard, if you will, that that's usually free to air on like fight pass or, you know, Fox sports or something. And then if you, you'd be like, you know yeah, what? I'll yeah, there's going to be some knowledge. <laughs> and then you'd be like, okay, yeah, actually I'm going to, I'm going to buy the pay-per-view. So, um, so for me, in that, that sense, sense, I will say it's a really good way of drawing people in. It was a really good match to, to offer, to, to get people in. I just feel like because you're that used to the way things work and you go, I'm not saying this was the main event or should have been the main event, but like mm. obviously the higher up the card, the more important the match. And that's how we look at it. Um, so I'm just a bit like, oh, this should have been more, but you know, mm. should we have put it behind a paywall? No, because it's it, as far as matches go, this is the one to draw you in, to be fair. Yeah, it's a, good, and, it's a good, it's a good point that you make, you know, isn't it? I think it's more that I feel, I think we probably feel harsh on the likes of, um, Thunder Rosa and Rio, because obviously they had their um, qualifying match on like Bleacher Report, which obviously didn't really work. It went on YouTube, and that didn't even make Dynamite. And now this, you know, didn't even make the pay per view. It was like a pre show thing. So, mm. yeah, I, I do see where you're coming from, because uh, obviously it was a great match, and it did deserve, you know, it was pay per view caliber. Um, oh, yeah. But, and um, yeah. this is the thing, I still wanted to be a highlight. Like, I'm, I'm bringing it down negatively with this bit. It was the only issue I had with it was that it was buying, and that's obviously we've gone through the reasons for that. But it was a fucking brilliant match. Yeah, it was good. I, I like the fact that um, that Rebel got involved as well and ended up um, effectively hitting Thunder Rosa and costing her the match, and that, you know, as amping up again the Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa feud that didn't really get finished. So we are, we are going to see some more that of that. Coming. So the payoff it is, is coming. coming. It is coming. So that was well done, I thought. Um, the next one, so the, the opening match, the tag team match, right. MJF, he's just so fucking good, man. He's such an excellent worker. I think people forget this because of how good he is on the mic. They just think, oh, yeah, he's just a, a charisma guy and he's okay in the ring. But every time you see him properly wrestle, he's fucking brilliant. He's so, so good. It's mad, really. It's, it's crazy that 
his wrestling ability is almost like the feather in his cap because he's so good on promos. But yeah, it's a fair point because no one really talks about his wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. Like they, the, the talk is about how now like, oh he's a really good heel and so on, um, and he does he keeps well into his character, sort of shocking, but um, yeah you're totally right he's definitely he, he's got some chops in the ring in all fairness. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I thought he was great again. Obviously, Jericho was fine. The books are fine as well. Um, I, I like the fact that Jericho was the one who ate the pin. Um, you know, potentially leading to some shenanigans going on with the inner circle, which obviously. You know, we're a bit late with this now, so we know whether there were shenanigans or not, and we'll talk about that shortly. But um, it all made sense in terms of why they did it, I thought. Um, then the next one, the Battle Royal, um, the Tag Team Battle Royal. You know, we, we are big fans. Our, our favourite um, Battle Royal, obviously, the Royal Rumble, is probably one of our, if not the f- favourite pay-per-view of the year. We, we kind of toss up between that and WrestleMania, but it probably is the Rumble. I'm probably going to have to uh, concede me, that it is. I, yeah, um, like you can kind of flip-flop, but for me, it's the Rumble, definitely. Yeah, so, you know, Battle Royals, they're always awesome. Um, this was no exception. I do think there's probably too many teams. Um, I, I, I get that they probably wanted to have 30 people because like, that's like a Royal Rumble. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe too many. Maybe went on slightly, slightly long. But um, I was surprised with the outcome. So I was not expecting Pac and Ray Phoenix to win it. I do think both of those guys are excellent. I like them both a lot. But I also like them both as singles guys. So... I'm not really sure what this means. I don't particularly want to see them as a tag team long term. Um, so, yeah, um, bit bittersweet to be fair because I'm, I'm happy that they've won and they're gonna you know get some more exposure. Yeah. But um, as a tag team, not so sure. But as always with these kind of things, a lot of intertwining stories and feuds and stuff that happened um, during the battle royal as well, which I think they do an excellent job of of doing every time they put one on. So really good. Yeah. Okay. I've got this as a highlight. I would love to get your thoughts. Christian Cage is all elite. Now, look, we'd spoken about this last week in the news. There was a lot of anticipation. I probably got myself a bit hyped as well. I think a lot of people did. Um, you know, it wasn't CM Punk. It wasn't Brock Lesnar. It was never going to be Brock Lesnar, let's be honest. People were even throwing out names like John Cena, for Christ's sake. But, right, those things are never realistic. In terms of who we got, in Christian Cage, like the ones who were looking to be realistic, you know, as we spoke about on the show, was going to be Kurt Angle, who I love, but would not like to see him in the wrestling ring again. RVD, who I really like as well, but again, apparently he's been phoning it in quite a bit in the wrestling ring. So we got Christian, who is a former world champion. He's a former tag champion, definitely a Hall of Famer, and he's been cleared to go in the ring again. So I was quite happy. Thoughts? <laughs> I've uh, I'm not an issue with Christian being part of AEW. I haven't. Um, I have an issue with Christian being part of this hype mm-hmm. because the bottom line is he's another semi-retired, injured veteran. That's what he is. He's not gonna even cleared to wrestle. He's not gonna be able to do a great deal. I wanted someone who could have a major impact for AEW, and sadly, and I probably shouldn't hedge my bets on this, but I wanted Punk. Punk mm-hmm. didn't leave due to injury you know punk isn't on the the lower half of his career all due respect to christian he's 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 heading towards retirement more than anything let's be honest and has been retired before now um punk is just someone who spat his dummy out for a while basically he has a lot more to offer in terms of conditioning he's always been a great character he would have been a massive shot on the arm for aw now i don't disagree that aw hyped this honestly 
you know, a Hall of Fame caliber person, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The the hype was like legit, like nothing they said would have made you go, well, Christian, that that you fucking lied to us there because they didn't. Everything was true. He's a definite legend. He's an awesome guy and an awesome wrestler. And yeah, I'm happy to see him there. I'm just not happy that this was what we got because I don't know. I think. I think another thing that annoys me, and this isn't Christian's fault, but this just adds fodder to all the people who are so negative about AEW taking on old WWE legends. And I do genuinely wonder how much Christian's got to give. Because he, yeah. was, he was injured and he was put out for a long time and that was meant to be him done in the ring to be cleared now, you know. And you could argue the same with Edge, so I'm not being biased. It's not, you know, like, you wonder how much well, Edge has got, but it's great to see him back. Um, that's, what I, that's, that's what I was going to throw back at you, to be honest, because for me, it's it's... The same story as with Edge, and since Edge has come back, he's arguably been one of the brighter sparks on the whole of his product. So, um, obviously, he's he did get re-injured, but if it wasn't for that, obviously, he was having matches with Orton. He's he's going to be going up against Roman Reigns. So it seems like he was someone who was going to be, you know, only going to come back and not be able to do much and stuff. But he's proven that he actually can. So maybe yep. we will get the same from Christian. If you know, if if that is the case, he signed a multi-year deal. If if he's gonna come back and he, he actually can wrestle for another year or two, would that change your perception of it, or do you um, still think? I, this is the thing. I'm not. I don't want to be overly sour on it because I am happy to see him back and I hope he can wrestle as long as he wants to. And I know he's got, you know, he's captain charisma for God's sake. So I know he's got like the right skills and I know he can he can be a good draw. I just I don't know. I wanted somebody big enough that it would like. I, I don't. I'm trying not to be disrespectful to Christian because he's a fucking legend, but. He isn't a big enough name to draw people in. Let's be honest. If you weren't an AEW fanboy, Carl, mm-hmm. you hadn't have already watched it, and somebody just ran up to you and went, Carl, I know you're a WWE guy, but AEW have just signed Christian. You're not going to go, oh my God, I've got to watch that. That's not going to happen. And this is the thing. like, This is where your names like Cena or Brock, as unrealistic as they were, and, and Punk, this is why I think Punk was the realistic option that somebody they mm. could have signed who would have drawn that. And that would have been people going, shit, I've got to watch this. Like, I've got to see how this goes down. Um, and that, I think, is what's missing from the Christian bit. Like, it's awesome seeing him there, but it's it's not going to make people t- tune into AEW. It, it, this is great for people who already like AEW. Mm, yeah, I suppose I can't disagree massively with you, to be fair. Um, <laughs> so you shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I, I just... it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think, unfortunately, it was the hype that killed them. Because if Christian would have just rocked up... I'd be like, oh fucking hell, yeah, Christian's there. That, that's cool yeah. as fuck. Like, because I, must admit, I prefer a good shock. Yeah, because well. he he was just at the Royal Rumble and he had that moment with Edge. So if he just would have walked out on AEW, arguably that would have been more of a what the fuck than it would have been as like this big hyped up thing where he then comes out and you have got the you know unfortunate. There's going to be people who, as we know, think it's going to be John Cena or Brock Lesnar and are going to be disappointed. Whereas I um I just want to point out though. There seems to be a weird connection where if you're involved in Edge's storyline in WWE, you end up on AEW. <laughs> Interesting. That's exactly what happened to Matt. That is very true. Who else has been involved? I'm just saying, like, is he going to beat Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan's going to end up in AEW? I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that, to be fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's one of them, isn't it? I think, unfortunately, a lot of people did say this at the time, and it's a double-edged sword because it got me hyped hearing Tony Khan say, you know, oh, there's going to be a Hall of Fame. And then everyone was like, oh, it sent the whole wrestling world into a buzz, didn't it? Into a bit of a frenzy. Uh, so it, it, it did. A little pet peeve of mine, though, because 
he didn't. He never said they were a Hall of Famer, and he never said they weren't. Yeah, like he, he very carefully worded it that they were a Hall of Fame. I think he either said caliber or level, but like he never said explicitly that they were or went. So mm. like so many people with defensive was like, well, it can't be an actual Hall of Famer. Like, well, he didn't say that. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah, just yeah. It, he proper sparked some fucking debate, really, didn't he? To be honest, <laughs> sparked. We'll get onto that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of them. On the, on the one hand, if he had said nothing and Christian turned up, it would have been like, a, whoa! It would have felt like a bigger shock, um, and probably would have been better received. Whereas, and I think he works better on a shock value, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but at the same time, if he hadn't have said that he wouldn't have had this like however many days worth of buzz that was generated um and got people talking about the problem though i've got like and this is something tony's done in the past and admittedly i think it was situations out of his control that made it flop in the past but it's when you you you're good at building hype but you know that you're getting the eyes on it knowing that it's probably gonna fall a little bit flat but you Mm. got the eyes on it like that kind of bugs me yeah, I think um, and again, I think it's a new product, so he can't do what WWE does. Where you go, we'll just shock people to tune in anyway. Fuck it, like he has to try and draw people in. So I get why you do the hype build, but it's like part of me feels like he knows for a fact that some people were going to be, or a lot of people were going to be disappointed with this because I'm sure I'm not the only one. And um, he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to build the hype anyway. I'm going to get people fucking rolling. I'm going to get all these little hints dropping about, and I don't care what people are." bothered about the end results and of course I'm speculating I don't know if that's truly how he thought <laughs> but fucking feels it the thing is though as well is you know he's a businessman and if he, it's a pay-per-view so he's announcing that we don't know how many people bought that pay-per-view solely to see because he didn't want to wait until the next morning or have it spoiled who this big signing was and you know you do have a lot of people who are massive Christian marks like they think he's amazing so um, I'm sure. I'm just saying a lot of people. Like, were Tony Khan, he might as well have been a writer on Game of Thrones the way he's fucking done this. <laughs> the White Walkers are coming. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and nothing. Sorry, went into totally something else. No, that's good. This is why. Still upset about Game of Thrones. <laughs> You're still not over it, damn it. Um, so yeah, Christian Cage is all elite, which I think is a highlight. Um, so I'm keen to get your thoughts on this as well, man. That street fight was fucking. Brilliant. I don't know who shot that, right? That is... If that doesn't win our fucking cinematic match of the year, my God. Um, that was so good. I, I, it was like something out of a fucking fit, like movie. It was insane. It was so... It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Uh, to be honest, like, I don't think I can I can give it any more credit than you have give it. I think this was the best way of executing this as well. Hmm. Like, oh, God. We've, we've had to get used to cinematics... Uh, quite a lot with um, the pandemic but I think there is a place for them especially for people who want to participate in the wrestling world but can't necessarily have a in the ring match with the same risks I think these things are perfect and I, I genuinely hope that this sort of cinematic match is a mainstay not something that gets rammed down your fucking throat but is a mainstay and an option for, for certain legends and stuff like that in all fairness I think it's a good way of, of keeping people involved Yeah. Um, not naming any names <laughs> no I'd like honestly, I completely agree with that. I thought it was it was so good, um, so well shot. Look, there was like camera angles and shit that happened there. There was like one thing where they were with um, fucking Cage and Darby over here, and the next way they did this fucking supercut zoom way across the other side of the fucking warehouse, all the way through to um, Sting and Starks. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, yeah, this is like wrestling. Some- 
epic um, editing going on there. To be fair, oh, to them. it was absolutely brilliant, and like I loved. Um, obviously, Darby was a fucking maniac, and you know went through loads of shit as, as always, and it was just so good, man. It was it over delivered my expectations because I was like, oh god, Sting. What's going to happen here? It's going to be awkward. Like I didn't even think it was going to be a cinematic match, especially not in that way. And just the way they did it, it just made everybody look fantastic. So yeah, I was made up. I, it was it was my match of the night. I loved it. Strong, strong words. Yeah, it was good though. <laughs> okay, uh, on to the... no. Like I enjoyed it. Like I didn't expect you to come out with like that's your match of the night. If I'm honest with you, like I did enjoy it. I'm not going to knock it in any way, shape, or form. I'm just kind of surprised that it was your match of the night, if I'm honest. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be keen to, to know what yours is, but yeah, it definitely was mine. Um, the main event to also talk about, um, right. <laughs> a highlight. <laughs> it Sorry. is a highlight because... I know, I know, I'm only kidding. It was a great match. Um, and it delivered all the way through until the, you know, we got a we got a pinfall at the end. Um like it, it was good. Like there was the three months of barbed wire. There was explosions. It looked dangerous. You know, loads of carnage. Excellent, right? Match I itself. I was really impressed with this because I, I think it was you who had to point point out to me that like this isn't something they've come up with. This is like a thing that they have done in the past in Japan, mm-hmm. and you know this match is a thing. Because I was like, if you recall, I think it was last week. I was mocking it, saying it's just like the. Um, Lance Archer syndrome, where they're just combining words that sound cool. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I was like proper skeptical of like how are you got to pull this off, but like for the most, they did, and I was impressed. I was suitably impressed, and I'm trying not to knock it for that ending, and we'll talk about that some more. <laughs> but um, like for the most of that match, I was like suitably impressed, and I would love to see another exploding barbed wire on a pole match or whatever. Um, and you know maybe executed exactly as they wanted it to maybe yeah so i mean i'm gonna be clear the reason it's a highlight is the match and the match alone right um there's a a certain part at the end of the match which (laughs) is covered in a no shite so we will talk at length about that but the match itself i thought you know it was the right level of you know brutality that it looked dangerous it felt dangerous there were explosions together these two in Um, all fairness yeah they're really good and i thought we saw it before they had a, a previous extreme like one of the early uh, pay-per-views of uh, AEW as I recall they had a um, was it false Counts anywhere or no DQ or whatever the fuck you want to call it where you can go around and just smash each other through tables and shit and yeah. that was brutal as fuck as well but this yeah. was this was better in all fairness they, they really work well together. they've got some boss chemistry between the two of them yeah it was really good sorry man. whatever scouts there as well deca- boss <laughs> chemistry proper boss mate um, but no like it was it was great that they were able to still make Moxley feel really strong at the end of this. Like he, Omega had to had help, you know. The the Good Brothers are involved, and he still had to put him through a fucking a, a one winged angel through a chair for fuck's sake, you know, to finally put him away. So, you know, Moxley still came out of it looking pretty strong. I thought so. All in all, the match was a highlight, but we'll come on to the other bit in a minute. Yeah, so, real. in terms of the O'Shite Anthony, just Miro Kip best friends. <sighs> It's this whole feud's been dead on arrival for me, and the match was no really? different. Um, I just I don't know. I, I really just want it to be done now, like just ended. I, I feel like that's not going to be the case. I feel like you know, based on Dynamite this week, um, we're pretty sure it's not going to be the case. They want to have another one. Um, so yay. Um, but I don't know. Something needs to happen. Like for me, I got a little bit of an inkling that this might be the start of Kip and Miro breaking up because. You know, there was a point in the match where Miro 
basically used Penelope as collateral damage so that he could, you know, um, end up getting the win, basically. So I thought maybe Kip would take a bit of umbrage to that, but, you know, maybe that would allow think, Miro um, to break away. Not, I don't want to agree with everything Cornette said, but he did have a point when he said about Miro stuck in a, in a, in a rubbish angle at the minute. He yeah. needs to break away from the whole Kip Sabian stuff. It's, mm-hmm. Like you say, I've always commended uh, AEW for course correcting when it's needed, like with the Nightmare Collective and stuff. Um, but this is one where it's like you're getting to a point you're flogging a dead horse. It's not, it's not been entertaining. It's, I, it, 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 that's what it is. I saw. I think that they are sorely missing the fans because I think whenever the fans shit on something, then they, yeah, they will course correct. But there's mm-hmm. not enough of them there for them to know when something just isn't delivering or landing very well. Um, and the thing is, people just absolutely adore Orange Cassidy and fucking Chuck Taylor and the best friends. So um, I think regardless, they, they're getting booed. So they think that they're playing good heels. Not that, you know, <laughs> they, they don't want to see this. But it is a shame mm-hmm. for Miro. I'd like to see him break up, break away pretty soon and, and go on to do something big. Because you can't argue with everyone who goes like, oh, WWE don't know how to use talent. And if they went to AW, well... You've seen a good few examples where that hasn't been the case, you know. So, yeah. name I'd like to see. <laughs> well, maybe that might change. We'll come on to no, that. No, it right. won't. Um, <laughs> Fuck that, it so, won't change. <laughs> so, wasn't happy with that. The next one, like literally a giant fucking Sonic brass ring. Like seriously, that's what's atop the ladder match. You honestly, couldn't get any more fucking cringeworthy than that making was it an actual brass. Stupid ring. as fuck. Like that that whole thing again. And surprise, surprise, it was the fucking match that Cody was in. How overbooked was it? Why is it called the face of the revolution? What does that even mean? Right. Like all it is, whoever wins gets a TNT title shot. That's all it is. Yeah. Not a face of the revolution where you grab a fucking giant Sonic the Hedgehog ring. Why? It's stupid. It makes it look fucking corny. So stupid, man. The, corny is the right way. It was so cringeworthy. Like this, even I couldn't take Scorpio winning as much as that's a good thing for him. And I was like, that's a really good push. And I'm, I look forward to seeing him have his TNT title shot. But can you honestly take it seriously when he stood there hugging a giant fucking brass ring? No, no, you can't. Um... I'm like, I hope you don't <laughs> fall because you'll lose that ring because that's how the game works. Well, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um but yeah, I mean fucking even Cody again, like why why did he have to have an injury angle in there? Why can he never just make it through a fucking match without some level of overbooking? Why is always gotta Cody. be something? Why? It's so annoying because I want so much to like him because I think he's brilliant. But at the same time, just fucking have a match, man. He's turning into <laughs> fucking like he gets these triple H comparisons all the time, doesn't he? Of like old school fucking, you know, triple H going into business for himself kind of thing, but my God, he does get them comparisons. At the same time, he's, it is all he about him. him. He's he's very yeah. He's very similar to to Trips in that sense, really. Yeah, just just please, just stop it, just stop it. Um, <laughs> and then here we go, Anthony. It's the final of shites, and it's something which everyone's been talking about. Poor, poor, poor Eddie Kingston, man. <laughs> I just I can't think of anything more devastating than how the whole thing panned out. Um, oh man, just just all. Oh. All people ever remember, right, is the is, finish. I think it's a famous Vince McMahon quote, is it not? I think it might be. I think someone has, has put up on socials that, you know, Vince has said this before. And he's right. It's all people will ever, you know, the closing segments or whatever, that's all people ever remember. And unfortunately, this was a massive fail. It was so bad. This was 
meant to be Eddie Kingston's fucking face turn that everybody's wanted for ages. You know, the end of the match, the handcuff Moxley, we knew after 30 minutes all the remaining fucking bombs or whatever were going to detonate. So Kingston comes down to the ring to save his friend. He can't get the handcuffs loose, so he dives on his body. He's going to protect him. And what happens? Fucking nothing, right? <laughs> little, A few fizzy sparkles. A couple of little sparkles go off in the corner. You know, a little explosion at the bottom of the, like, underneath the ring almost, nowhere near them, right? And Eddie Kingston looks like he's dead. He's lying flat on top of Moxley, just KO'd. And it's like, what? Right? I'm not being funny. You would call an audible, wouldn't you? You would go, right, that didn't work. I'll just get up or something. You wouldn't pretend to be fucking dead. That has been the biggest problem. They could have rectified this. And I'd like to... Uh, spoilers for Dynamite we'll talk about it but they're trying to suggest like you know Omega did this deliberately yeah like as a as a mockery right <clears throat> but that's what it needed it needed Kingston to be like the fuck was that like well so basically the, the way they're trying to get around it and you know what you've got to I've got to commend them because they've done an admirable job of trying to salvage this fucking piece of shit right but at the oh, same yeah, time I'll give them the due <laughs> on the, the, the repair job they're doing they yeah. really patched this back together but it's that, like you say, it's that Eddie Kingston being knocked out. Well, that's it. like, oh, fuck. So the way they've tried to salvage it is he wasn't knocked out. He passed out because the last time he was, you know, had that much anxiety or something um, was when he was about to go to prison and he had a flashback. And it's like, so basically Eddie Kingston is dying, dying a slow death here. And it's just such a shame because he's so good. And obviously they brought him in. And he was he was doing really well, and then they kind of put him with um, Butcher and the Blade for a bit, and they had some stuff going on, and everyone's wanted him to turn face, and he finally did it, and it was just the biggest bot you've ever seen, and it's just the fact that he just laid the, there. The, it's the biggest bot you've ever seen, and I'm not being Definitely funny, right? All the biggest fucking botch. The all of the fans booed their fucking heads off as well, and it's so audible. It was so awkward um, just watching it. I just felt, you know, you just want to just fucking crawl up inside yourself and die because it's so like, oh, God, what must they be thinking and feeling in this moment? But sometimes <laughs> you're like trying to do, do a start denying I'm an AW fan now. Or... <laughs> but it's one of them as well, though, because like what like what were the fans actually expecting? I'm guessing more than what they got. But well, to be honest, what I've, level I've, of stuff would they be happy with? I've seen people putting on, though, you know, like examples from Japan of how it should have looked. And to be fair... It does look more impactful with the right sort of explosion. You know, it clearly isn't hurting the people in the middle of the ring, but it looks a lot more devastating, like yeah. the way it's set up in Japan. I don't know if Japan can be savage more, but I've, like some of the the sort of punches and that don't even seem even slightly pulled in Japan. So I know oh, it's no. a totally different fucking animal out there. But if they were going with something similar to that, which I think is where this Barbaya stuff came from originally, um, as a concept of a match. Um, you know, they could have done it a lot better. But like you say, what at what point would you be happy? Yeah. You want to see, like, bits of ring flying through, flying around the arena or something? Well, well that's it. You know, people's expectations, as as we've seen from the fucking Christian Cage thing, can be uh, at unrealistic levels. Um, so I don't know what they could have done that would have made people super happy. It could have had, like, a massive explosion. And then you just see both Mox and Kingston on fire like The Fiend. <laughs> and we're like, damn. Yeah, that's extreme. Maybe. maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just so, I don't know, I just felt so sorry for them. Um, but, you know, I, I, apparently Omega was fuming backstage because I'm not sure whether he was in 
he was in charge of it or or what. But obviously that wasn't what was meant to happen. Well, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but didn't he like apparently Cody had a really good pyrotechnics guy fired for scaring his dog as oh, well. Oh really? So like yeah, so they had someone who was shit out of what he does, and they got rid of him because of that. So now it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have fucking done that. I don't know how mm. true that is, but it's something I've read. Maybe you shouldn't have fucking brought your dog to a place with pyrotechnics, Cody, you dick. Um, like, softer fireworks, dummy. <laughs> exactly. What a fucking... Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let, let's be honest. This is this is a prime contender for the Shockmaster Award in this year's Eight of the Canies. I don't want to say any spoilers, but I think it's already won. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Let's, let's see um, if we get like a, like a, something even better. Yeah, but, uh, who knows? I know, it's a tough one to beat, man. It's a tough one to beat. But yeah, I think unfortunately, you know, it's that's what people are going to remember, and a lot of people were unhappy. Um, a lot of the WWE, you know, pro WWE fans saw it as an opportunity to just like shit over everyone on who who likes AW. Which why can't we all just like all wrestling? You know, know. why? Why? The thing is, like, they look um, for opportunities anyway. Why hand them one? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um. Yeah. All that being said, and if you if you try and forget that, um, which you know botches happen, don't they? So if if you just look at it as a as a botch, no matter how devastating of a botch it was, um, you know you look at the whole pay per view. I still thought it was excellent. I thought it was really strong. Um, I'm going to give it a four, Anthony. I thought it was really really good, like up and down the card. Um, definitely delivered on my expectations. Um, so I'm going to go quite toppy with it and give it a four. I'm going to go three and a half. Okay. Very similar sentiment to yourself, but I think I'd have been a four had they not have had that botch at the end. Yeah, that's fair. Out of curiosity, what was your match of the night? Well, this is the thing. I'm gonna tr- and you might you might be surprised by this. I'm gonna try and be fair because this is how I was feeling before the ending, and say that it was actually Mox Omega. Okay. Because I was thoroughly enjoying that match, and I would have called it my match of the night. And then we had that sort of fucked up finish, and I'm like. I'm going to try and ignore that because it was clearly not part of the plan and I fuck up. And I'm going to try and be fair and go, that was still a really fucking good match. And it happened so at the end as well. It was like, the match is done. I know who's won. It, it's over. So it was more shenanigans after the match as far as I'm concerned. So I'm trying to be fair and I'm going to say Mox Omega was definitely the match of the night for me. Okay, okay. okay. Well, yeah, that was AEW Revolution and that was our thoughts. Maybe a week late, we don't care. You wanted to hear we our thoughts. Care. You've had our thoughts. And they're probably not too dissimilar to other people's thoughts. But all in all, really good show. Um, a shame <laughs> about the ending. But hopefully they'll pick themselves up, dust themselves off, move on, and continue to deliver some awesome pay-per-views going forward. You and got we'll damn right. Back with This Week in Wrestling after this. You're watching or listening. To A to the K. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later.